So one thing that we're really excited about today is these YP highlights. Mm. Yeah. Because these are like, these are exciting because these yeah. are what young professionals are really doing in their lives. Right, Becca? Hashtag real life. Hashtag yes. reality. Hashtag make it happen. I don't know. So let's go to our first YP highlight. Christina, who's first? So we have Pete Lengas coming up next. All so right. let's go watch him. Hi, ASI YP family. Thank you so much for allowing me to highlight Precision and Movement, uh, the business here in San Bernardino, California. I'm a physical therapist. My name is Peter Lingus, and we have a full-on facility that includes sports rehab, sports performance, sports recovery. It's mainly built for the active person. So let's say someone is injured and they want to get a program for their specific problem. Uh, it's unlike any traditional physical therapy location. Typically, physical therapy exercises for us, we do that plus more. We try to get people back to a, a higher level of performance. So, yeah, stay tuned for the video here. Uh, it shows a little bit of the facility and just a little bit of highlights of what we do here. So imagine a world where you can run any distance, play any sport you want to play with, jump to any height you want to jump to, all without pain. That's the vision. My name is Dr. Peter Lingus. I have my doctor in physical therapy and I am board certified in orthopedic rehabilitation and sports rehabilitation. I think if people buy into good movement, it will set them up for success for the rest of their careers. Whether they want to run a short distance or run a long distance, the mindset is very important. The camera systems that we have, they, they are made by a German company and what they do is they can analyze your body angles. So we can put these markers on you, we can get you on a treadmill, let's say you're a runner, and we can measure your body angles and as you're running your normal cadence, uh, we can capture these movements, we can put it to slow motion, we can analyze it and we can predict your risk for injury. Becoming involved with the community is, is very important to me. The business concept is to be able to reach out to anyone who wants to learn precise movement, efficient movement, and potentially improve their performance. The vision is to create a unique experience that you cannot find elsewhere. So when you're ready, we are here to move with you. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been interested in business, actually. So at the age of 10 or so, I started counting money. Uh, my dad was involved in businesses, and there's something about money or something about organization that I enjoyed. And as I got to high school, got to college, um, I actually wanted to avoid business. Something just deterred me from the business world, and I decided to shift towards a, a medical type of focus, something where I could help people and serve people better. And uh, it led me to physical therapy. I was the type of athlete that loved playing basketball. 
I never would stretch or do anything to take care of my own body. And I stumbled upon physical therapy. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get into physical therapy school, learn more about the body, learn more about how the body's optimally supposed to move. And since then, I've actually tried all these exercises out myself. And I'm actually, I feel like moving better now than I was 10 years ago. So from that information, from the knowledge base that I've gained, uh, now my mission is to empower active people to be able to get back to their level of function or even higher. I love it when people say, hey, you know, I want to get back to this certain speed or this certain height, um, but I can't right now because of my, my pain problem or my limitation. And a lot of what we do is to try to identify those limitations, identify those barriers, and try to build steps to get them back to um, the highest level they can be. Obviously, there's a ceiling for most people, but we try to get as close as we can to that ceiling. That way, we can really empower them to have and, and pick an activity that they really enjoy. Um, so, after graduating physical therapy school, I decided to specialize in certain aspects of physical therapy, more in the sports and orthopedic uh, realm. And I had all this information in my head, and I didn't really know what to do with it. I could work for a, a hospital system or a private practice, um, and which I did, but I, I kept finding myself limited to, into what I wanted to do. I've always envisioned a place, uh, somewhat of a, a sanctuary for active adults or active uh, people to come into that they can just feel excited to work out, excited to exercise, and excited to repair themselves. And so after those years of training, uh, after a lot of coaching and mentorship from my parents and other mentors, I decided to, uh, with, with a lot of prayer as well, decided to pull the trigger on starting a business. And this uh, envisioned and it kind of transformed into precision and movement. So now, as I mentioned before, it's, a, it's an ideal environment. It's for the active person. And you know, hopefully when you walk in, you're able to kind of get a sense of, hey, this is a place where I can finally uh, learn about my problem, learn how to fix it for the short term and for the long term. Being a young professional in this world, in this day and age, is quite tough. There's a lot of there's distractions, influences that distract us from our true mission. So for myself, uh, it took me a number of years to figure out what God wanted me to do, uh, but I feel called and feel like it's a great match for my personality, uh, for my mission and vision, and it's been a really great transformatory experience for myself. So for someone who's trying to embark on this entrepreneur dream, uh, who is also a Christian, I would definitely recommend five things to focus on. The first thing is learn to prioritize. So the first thing that I like to do and which has helped me significantly in my, in my stress levels and, and my uh, purpose in life is to really prioritize time with God. In the morning time, I wake up, I, really, I read a devotion, I spend earnest you know, time and earnest prayer, and I just really try to see God's will. And that's, I would say, the number one thing that's helped me with stress levels, with having wisdom on making decisions every day, and just having a fulfillment and enjoyment in life. Number two, I would also look for your purpose. So purpose for myself, like I said, was to really help other people get through their physical pain. But as, as over the years, I think God showed me to also not just attack and target the physical pain, but also help people with their spiritual and mental pain as well. Um, so thankfully, with the avenue of fitness and exercise, we're able to target that. Number three is growth. Growing and constantly trying to improve yourself is also important. 
Having a growth mindset, that means believing that you are not a fixed person, meaning that you can always grow, meaning you have to also put your ego you know, beside and just try to really see what God wants you to do, see what things you need to improve on, whether that be from your own um, schedule in your, in your personal life, whether that be in your business, whether that be in the way you structure your day. Um, continue to grow, talk to other people as well to see how they've adapted their lifestyle to, to match that growth mindset. And so definitely focus on having a growth mindset. Uh, number four, I would definitely recommend networking. Networking is, is very important. We obviously don't know everything, so and I myself don't know everything. So I'm excited when I get to go to events like ASI, YP, where I can talk to like-minded professionals just to pick their brains on you know, how to do a budget or how to grow your business. Just try to reach out to people who have that similar uh, value system, that Christian value system, and they're hoping to grow and hoping to impact the world just as Jesus did. The last thing I would recommend is just trust. Trust in the process. You're most likely going to make mistakes, uh, but what you do with that mistake is you learn from it, grow from it. And definitely, again, trust in God is important because He obviously has the ultimate answer. He has our ultimate plan for us. Um, it's hard have, being someone who likes to have control, but try to, uh, try to trust God in His plan and definitely try not to rely on your own strength. Definitely include God in your decision making. Trust that He's there to bless you abundantly, and in, in then, uh, and because of that, He will bless other people as well. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you guys have any questions at all about entrepreneurship, about a medical business, or anything of that nature, go and reach out to me. I'm happy to to call, text, or email you back. Thank you so much. Have a good day. And today we also have with us Sarai Mendoza, who is from Fresno, California. And today she's going to be sharing with us a really cool dream that she had that she sort of stumbled upon a few years ago. And so I don't want to give it all away, but Sarai, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background, where you're from and what you do? Yeah, so um, I am a California native through and through. I grew up in Bakersfield, California, and I have been living in Fresno for the last five years. I've been teaching here upper elementary, and um, I just have a passion for mentoring and guiding young people. And so with that being said, I will be um, pursuing my master's in school counseling. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I am that that dream that you were talking about. I am actually in the process of publishing a children's book. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That is so great. So it seems obviously like you have a big heart for service and um, for ministry. You're a teacher. You really care about people. And now you're publishing a book, which is incredible. I know at some point um, in your experience, there was like a really pivotal time when you had like this awesome roommate that you had. She just <laughs> wife. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> just this girl on the screen right here that you see. <laughs> no, just joking. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I changed your life. Um, <laughs> and you shared so much with me too. Um, but I love this. I actually love that you actually ended up writing a children's book because I remember during one of my, um, you know, when we were together, one of my moments in life, you gave me a children's book actually. And I still have it it's displayed in my room and People that come in are like, why do you have a children's book there? But it's so <laughs> meaningful to me. But this is about your children's book. 
Um, how did you decide to write one? And, you know, I obviously want to learn, know more of the process that it took, but what was the inspiration for it? Yeah, so to be honest, Ronella, I never planned to be a children's book author. There were a lot of dreams on my heart, but this just wasn't one of them. But um, I remember, I remember reaching just a really pivotal and vulnerable time in my life. And I was sitting on our on our apartment couch one day. And um, I just remember writing out this story. I didn't know at the time that it was going to become a children's book. Hmm. But um, it was a time in my life where a lot of things from my past resurfaced, a lot of things from my upbringing, what I was currently dealing with at the time. And so I began to write this story. And in this story, there was this little girl and her father who is a potter. And hmm. the little girl who I saw, um, who I envisioned was 10-year-old Sarai. So it was kind of like writing a, a love letter or a book um, to kind of help this little girl who would later in life go through some of the things that I was going through or yeah, some of the things that I was going through and healing from. Yeah. And so, yes, that was the inspiration. Wow. So you <laughs> just started writing and you just started writing and realized like, wow, this is actually like really good. <laughs> Yeah, I started writing and I didn't know that it was gonna, going to be a book. And I guess the way I started to pursue this journey of actually writing or publishing it is I wrote the story, I edited it a little bit, and I kind of pitched it to my teaching colleagues. That's, mm. That was the, kind of like the, the, the privilege of being with teachers that, you, that I was able to pitch it to them. And um, so I asked them to read over it. They read over it. They loved it. They talked about how tender of a story it was how the metaphors and the imagery really made sense um, and how, you know, how I was able to take this really broad idea and make it into a children's book or a children's story. So wow. I think we really appreciated that. And one teacher even read it to her students without any illustrations. Um, mm -hmm. And she really appreciated how the kids were excited about it and understood it. And these were first graders. So, um, so from there, I really had the confidence to go forward in, in mm -hmm. um, pursuing uh, formally to publish this book. Wow. That's so awesome. I love that. And so you showed your colleagues and they were obviously excited about it. And you kind of probably had a little bit more confidence to move forward with actually publishing it. And you know, sometimes when we have these dreams and we set out to go accomplish them, we're like, oh, we're so full of excitement and vigor. Yeah. But then we realize that it's much, a much longer and sometimes more challenging process than we realize. So um, what, were, what was that process like as you went through? What were some of the first things you had to do and maybe some of the challenges that you faced? Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it's, I'm such a planner, such a planner, and you know this, Vanilla, but um, I, it's definitely not a linear 10-step process. You know, I think that everybody has their own dream. Everybody has their own vision. Um, but for me personally, it, it took a bit longer. Um, long story short, I, I did my research about different publishing companies and um, just to kind of explain that process, with publishing, with the publishing companies, there are so many manuscripts out there that there's not enough space to even look over your manuscripts many mm -hmm. times. Um, so submissions are closed or you need a literary agent, which I'm a first time wow. author. There's no, there's no way I have a literary agent. The literary agent is Jesus and my angels. But um, yeah, so I started researching my publishing 
company, I started uh, looking, I started using my network to kind of um, look for my artist and mm -hmm. my illustrator. So it was about a year and a half later that I signed a contract and I'll go, I'll get into that in a bit, but I did sign a contract about a year and a half later. And at that time, I also found my, um, my, my illustrator. Mm -hmm. And that was my actually third illustrator. So it took a bit for me to find an illustrator who would be able to give the time to right. this project that, that it needed. Wow. So you were able to get it started. Obviously there were a few bumps along the way, just finding what you were looking for in an illustrator and things like that. And then um, I guess you signed a contract with a publisher, right? Yeah. So I signed the contract and to be honest, um, you know, I, I had to make a really tough call towards the end of towards the end of the process of them actually printing it and, and getting it out to the public. Um, I, I began to realize that we simply weren't we weren't a compatible match because my visions and my goals just didn't align with um, with mm. the contract and with with all of all of what it entailed. Mm. And so I did have to make that tough decision to cut my losses and cut ties. And ultimately I, through, through the advice of mentors and through the advice of friends who have done some publishing, yeah. um, you know, they just encouraged me to, to self-publish because I think that would be more beneficial um, financially and influentially. Right. Um, so, so I am now in the process of self-publishing. Wow. So that's, Quite a change. I think that um, it also just kind of illustrates that uh, sometimes, I mean, obviously you lost some money with that, mm -hmm. um, with doing that. And I think that, um, you know, when you're starting something on your own that you've never done before, especially, there are going to be those things that you just, you know, now you know, going forward mm -hmm. and write more books, hopefully, and things like that, what some of the things that you should and shouldn't do. And I think that's all part of the process. And, um, you know, the challenges that we face are kind of the quote unquote failures are really just learning experiences. Oh, for sure. Um, so what, what would you say now? Where, where is the whole, um, where's the process now with uh, publishing your book? Yeah, so the illustrations are done. Everything's pretty much done. The book is written, it's edited, the illustrations are done. I'm working with uh, my designer on it. And so in the next few months, it should be, it should be out and ready for the public. That's um, exciting. I would love for you to share. We have like two more minutes, but I would love for you to share just like a little snippet of your book. Um, I know that you don't quite have the words up on this, um, this one yet, but if you could share with us some of the pictures, the illustrations and share, um, some of the words that are going to be on there. That'd be yeah, awesome. definitely. So before I show you the pictures, just, a just a little bit of the premise, the premise is basically a little girl and her dad, who's the potter. And it's this metaphor of, of, of God, the potter and ourselves. So hmm. just to give you an idea of what we're talking about as we look through the pictures. Cool. Yeah. So I think we're going to pull up one of them. Yeah, go ahead and share. Yeah, so this, um, I'm just going to read it out loud since I don't have the text, but this mm -hmm. one is, the silly icky clay just won't be still, it won't stay centered, and it flies off the spinning wheel. Now my pretty bull is just a mess. Why won't it do what I want it to? Oh, silly icky clay, it can be so stubborn, but somehow in my daddy's hands, it calmly stays and begins to take shape. And then we'll flip to the next one. And then it says, daddy takes that same gob of silly icky clay and starts again. 
He does not sigh or complain with gentle hands and a patient look. He puts his hands over mine, takes the clay and works away. Wow. And then this is one of the last ones. So we've skipped a few, but this is what yeah. kind of she sees as her dad has worked um, with her on this clay. He sees, talking about her dad, he sees cheerful yellow sunflowers standing tall in a beautiful mosaic vase as the golden sun shines through it. So in the end, you know, everything her hands couldn't do, everything her little hands created, a silly icky mess of it, or um, it just wouldn't stay still, her father was able to see beyond that. And that's, and that's the picture that you see in the previous picture that she's holding this sunflower in, and um, he created wow. this beautiful vase out of her silly icky mess. I love that. I love that. And it's something that's so relatable and something where we're teaching young kids about Jesus and also even about mental health and um, being able to just rely completely on our father. And so that's beautiful. I'm so excited. I've read it, the whole book myself, and I <laughs> encourage everyone once the book comes out to order it and support Sarai as well as um, to give it to your nieces, nephews, if you have no teachers or have kids, where can they find the book? Yeah, so I think you can see it on the screen, but it, um, you can go to mendozasarai.com to pre-order the book. Um, I'd love for you guys to have it in your hands for your nieces, your nephews, your children, your students. Um, I think that it will be such a blessing um, to every home and every classroom. Oh, thank you so much for sh sharing, Sarai. It's been such a blessing to hear and just being inspired by your story of, I, I remember when you were, um, you know, thinking of this whole idea and now to see it come to the end, that's really inspiring for all of us, including me personally. So thank you for taking the time to share with us. And again, for all of you that are watching, go support Sarai um, at mendozasarai.com to pre-order her book. And thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Wow, I am impressed yes. with what they're doing. That's I awesome. mean, look at Sarai, author, yes. publisher. Yes. Oh my goodness. Amazing to see what Sarai is using, her talents to work for the Lord and just using them for God. And with Pete, with that gym, I mean, oh I've actually been to that gym. <laughs> really, really? And I felt very uh, self-conscious because, you know, I'm not, anyway, no, but it, it was, it was, it's amazing what God is doing through him in that, in that, you know, he's starting something very unique and reaching mm. a lot of people in that way. Wow, wow. It just makes me think of like, you know, God has given everybody a dream Ooh. or an idea, Ooh. right? An idea. Passion. Well, that's a good question. So let's ask this to our audience. Okay. Yeah. What do you think is needed in order to get started on your dream or idea? Okay. Maybe some of you have dreams or ideas. What is needed to get started? What do you need? And so if you have thoughts on that, what you need to get started on your dream or idea, go ahead and either put that in the chat in the Facebook comments, or you can text it to 94,940,000. We wanna hear your answers on what do you think it takes to be able to get started on your dream. So yes. while you're thinking about yes. that, though, some people have already been sending in some comments. So Christina, yes, what Michelle, getting? we've actually been getting uh, comments from all over the world. So we have Sam Walters sending blessings from the UK. All right. Hi, really Sam. happy to have you here with us, well, Sam. We also have Doug Venn joining us from Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, I know Doug. Welcome, Doug. <laughs> yeah, and we're really happy to have the first-time attendees, guys. That's awesome. We have Yolanda Mello and Brittany Boozer. 
Oh, oh okay. okay. So, First time attendees. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Very good, very good. So, Michelle, you asked a question. I did ask a question, and while people are still sending in yeah. for that question, what do you think, Kyle? Well, so, you know, one thing that, that I just wanted to share on that, you know, what does it take to get a dream or an idea on, you know, off the ground? And one thing I've heard people say to me, which is really true, a lot of times we wait on someone to ask us to do something, you know, we'll wait on the church to ask us, or we'll wait on funding to come in. You know what, if you have a dream or a passion, I think the, one of the best pieces of advice, of course, first you need to pray, because right. it needs to be led by God. But second, you may just need to jump in and do it. Yeah. Just mm, take the risk, risk. Mm. right? Because, you know, who knows, unless you take the risk, you may never know. That's very true. I know sometimes I think, oh, but what if it doesn't work? Right. Yeah. But don't how do you know if we don't try? Don't be afraid to fail. You know, right. that's how we learn. That's how we grow. I mean, Thomas Edison, how many thousands, hundreds of times did he try before that he got the right light bulb, right? So anyway. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.